the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The estate planning team is an Ohio registered investment advisor. The following is for informational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any securities or financial products. Be sure to consult with a qualified financial advice and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. You have financial goals and dreams. We can help you achieve them. Welcome to Financial Food for Thought, the show that answers all the questions on how to maximize your lifestyle and preserve your wealth. trying to roll it over or, or combine everything. So some have said uh, lately, especially in order to fund other types of things, it should be easier go, to tap Kira. the money in your form. It's a cure. Do you adhere to that school of thought or no? I think that behaviorally, this is a really good idea. It really matches the way real people think about money. Um, one of these proposals calls for what's called a rainy day account, which would don't we all need one of those? Subdivide mm-hmm. your retirement savings into a short-term pool and a long-term pool. And if you had a legitimate, urgent need for the money, you could tap the rainy day account, which would keep you from busting into the long-term money. As long as the government could give me that range. While you spent down the rainy day account. So of all the things you looked at before I, I changed topics, what do you think is the most important Here we go, Carrie, get ready. Well, I think the single most important thing we need to do is need to make it easier for people to withdraw money over time after they retire in stable monthly increments. And um, various longevity annuity proposals would help with that. And there are companies that are starting to implement that. Why is that such an issue for people? Okay, Gary. So, so there we go. So, Gary, have you heard about the... The Secure Act. Right. You, talk, you talked about well, aspects I, of it last year. Well, last year we were of, talking about the RISA Act. Right. right? You know, so the RISA was the Retirement Enhancement Savings Act. Right. Okay? But a lot of those pieces are in this new. Right. And now, but now what we had this week was the the Democrats, you know, who control the House now are getting really, really active. Hmm. Okay. okay? Um, and they have the votes to do things. Okay. Now there's still the Senate, you know, right. which you know, but there is some bipartisan here, and so the House version they call theirs the Secure Act, and that's a very clever acronym for setting every community up for retirement enhancement. Oh, brother. Okay, so who, I what, hate the way they what's in the name, it. right? Um, but uh, there's been a lot of you know, and and they like the politicians are saying get really excited because you know in this you know we're doing something. And, and, you know, I've been looking at this and today, you know, timing, I'll spend a little time on this because I, I think this is a big nothing burger. Okay. Um, but you know what? It doesn't make the big headlines, let me tell you. 
Um, on home pages. Well, you know, it, <laughs> well, yeah, it, 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 when, if they get it passed, and I right. do, I do think this is, this could now actually get to the okay. president's desk. And I believe he would sign it. Right. I think it's just amazing that Congress got, is getting any or well, is getting anything done. That's kind of my point <laughs> is that what, the, you know, if this is the best they can. I just don't know if the Secure Act is the answer to the baby boomers dilemma about, you know, not being able to retire. Comfortably. I, I don't think it's a, I don't think. But we'll Maybe, talk about You know it. what? I think it's just a piece. I mean, there's too many movies. It's complicated. It's complex. I just don't think there's going to be easy answers. Well, we'll talk about it. Okay, why don't you get us started? All right. Good morning, everyone. You're listening to Financial Food for Thought. We're a financial educational radio talk program here every Saturday morning on 1420 a.m. between 9 and 10. We're here to give you helpful information about issues that impact your life. Um Financial life, whether that be preparing for retirement or if you're someone who is already retired and we're sponsored by the estate planning team. And the estate planning team is a fee-based Ohio-registered fiduciary planning firm that's been helping people in the greater Cleveland area for more than 34 years through unbiased objective advice and analysis. We're not investment advisors. We're traditional financial planner numbers crunchers to help people plan for um, the retirement life you want, creating tax-efficient income, addressing financial disruptors and problems, using the opportunities and avoiding potential traps. Um, And we look at the process very different. And if you've listened to the show, you know we're big on coordination of advisors. And the estate planning team does offer a free consultation. And we'll talk about reasons you should call today about scheduling a free consultation and take advantage of that to see if and how you can benefit like our plans, our fees are customized. We have hourly planning and we have comprehensive retainers and we have some great spring incentives for people to take the time to come in and look at these issues. Also, stay tuned. We have the spring planning classes posted on our website at financialfoodforthought.com. April 23rd, we have the IRA and Roth planning class at 10 a.m. in Middleburg Heights. Then on May 7th, we have a six o'clock retirement planning class for retirees and people nearing retirement. Again, you can call to get information or for a free consultation or visit the website at financialfoodforthought.com. That's financialfoodforthought.com or call 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090. All right. Listen to Mark Dolly and Carrie Waddell, and we're the co-owners of the estate planning team. The estate planning team has been helping Cleveland families build custom financial plans for over 34 years. And we do it one plan, one family at a time. And April is a very busy month, Carrie. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, you're back from your vacation. Maybe right. at the end you'll tell us a little bit about how, how the cruise in the high seas is. But what else is happening April? Well, you know, it's it's uh, well, it's well, financial literacy month. Did you mm-hmm. know that, Carrie? No, I actually did not know that. Well, there was a quiz at the end of today's show, okay. Carrie. Um, I, I hear that Sandy is going to be giving, you know, guest lectures on this topic on Capitol Hill. And, of course, who's Sandy, Carrie? Oh, uh, that um, AOC is, okay. the, is how I get the memes about her. Right. Um, so, it, and if you're listening, I don't know if she should be, well, it'll be interesting to see what she says during Maybe financial she literacy. Some- well, I guess courses. there is. I guess there is some controversy <laughs> of whether she really does have an economics degree yeah, from I Boston think, yeah. University, but we'll see about that. Um, what else is happening in April? It's um, Earth Day comes up later this month, right? Forty mm-hmm. ninth. Uh, you know, we a lot of talk about you know climate change and, you okay. know, and kind of stuff. That's that's going to be you're going to hear that later in the month. 
Um, we've got the 419. You know, of course, that's what all that's about, Carrie, don't you? 419? Yeah, you don't know. No. The real Green New Deal? You know, oh, the, no. Okay. We'll talk about 419 maybe around that date. I was just say, I thought 415's the big date. You're in talking my about mind. tax filing day? Yeah. Um, that's coming up soon. Mm-hmm. Um, get those extensions ready if you haven't ready to go yet. Or, yeah, or call your tax preparer and see if there's time left. Um, I got my stuff to the tax preparer. Very good. A few weeks ago. I was good. And make sure that you're, it's easy when you're working to make sure your W-2s. But, you know, we had another case this week, an incorrect 1099-R. Yeah, you know, I, this shocks a lot of people when we say that. We've been saying that on this program for years that, you know, 1099-Rs, an R refers to a retirement account, whether you're taking money or, or you know, out of an IRA, obviously, or a 401k, 403b, or any tax qualified plan, or an annuity, or if you're getting a pension, you know, um, the, the, you don't get a W-2, right? You get a 1099-R. Now, W-2s are usually correct, right, Carrie? Mm-hmm. The, in rare occasion, they'll be incorrect. Mm-hmm. 1099 dividends, 1099 interest, no one looks at those anyways. Everyone just assumes those are correct. But 1099-Rs are wrong all the time. Oh, yeah. Every year. I think we're, what are we, up to five now? Five or six? This year. Which is a lot. And they were big mistakes where yeah. if we didn't catch it as part of, we don't do the tax preparation, but we do the tax planning. Planning, we have a process, especially as clients, and we've had people for a long, get older, we have kind of a checklist, especially if you have multiple accounts, saying this is what should have come out as a gross distribution. This is what should have been federal withholding and Ohio withholding. And every time there's been a missed 1099, it hasn't been in the the client's favor. Sometimes they've already filed the return and paid taxes that they didn't have to. In fact, they probably would have got a refund or it would have been a wash. Or in this case, it was another one that was missed on federal withholding in Ohio. Yeah. A big chunk. Yeah. So you have to look at those and you got to have your cheat sheet. And if you're, you don't know what we're talking about, we spent all of the month of March, right, mm-hmm. talking about March Madness and the tax preparation. So if you want to go back and catch our podcast, you can go to WHK 1420 AM, The Answer. Uh, click on the local podcast button and find our time slot, Financial Food for Thought, on Saturday mornings at 9 o'clock. And our previous shows are our podcast. Mm-hmm. And all of March, we talked, we touched on those subjects. Um, so what else is happening in April. Well, it's a time of year, Carrie, where those uh, nasty little things stop popping up on the front lawns in our neighborhoods. And you, oh. know, you know what I'm talking about, Carrie, right? I've already I've seen those early this year. And I'm not talking about the dandelions. No. Right? What am I talking about? Why do you say I'm nasty? The four sale signs. Oh, I think that's a good thing, though. Well, you know, I, I, I was kidding. <laughs> that uh, was the, like the, the uh, um, yeah. It, it's um, well, it it depends, right? Right. On, I was on... going to say I saw them earlier in my area. I'm in Medina this year, um, and quickly selling. I guess I'm shocked. Well, they always say, you know, sell and, you know, get it. April is the month to sell. Mm-hmm. Um, and May and, and a lot of people, you know, always say May is the most beautiful month to sell in this town. Oh, yeah, because everything is in bloom. Yeah, everything and everything it's looks lush, good. It's lush. It looks green. Even I look good in May. Very, um, <laughs> but, the you know, yeah, everything looks so beautiful right. in May and it's and the, and the rain is done and, you know, and, you know, it's just it's a great time to show real estate in this town. Oh, absolutely. But we'll, so for the month of April, Carrie, we'll be kind of concentrating on the home, whether you're buying, selling, renting, 
Um, we'll talk about, we'll, we'll stay on this subject for the month. So today, uh, I'll probably talk a little bit about the economics, you know, you know, not only in global or not globally, you know, U.S. Right. or, you know, what's happening here in Ohio. And also maybe today focus on the buying side. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then next week we'll go on to, you know, the selling side perhaps and, and keep going from there. Um. All right. Jobs report came out yesterday. Good report, right, Carrie? Mm-hmm. Um, better than consensus. You know, with what is 196,000 non-farm payrolls? Okay. Unemployment stayed the same, the low, you know, 3.8% unemployment rate. Um, wage growth, average hourly earnings, nothing exciting, you know, pretty much the same. But, you know, everything, see, it's been such a weird year, Carrie, because the Federal Reserve completely did a 180, right, on right. raising and not raising rates. And we had that, remember we had that question mark jobs report in February, you know, with the 20,000 right. jobs. Now, that was revised upwards slightly for but the month. Now it was like the 33,000. But if you still want to take a three-month a three month average, you know, with the, 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 the big jump in March of, of you know, 196,000, you're talking about 180,000, and that's pretty darn good. That is pretty good. Um, and the idea of the wage growth, well, if, if the Federal Reserve is not going to raise interest rates anymore and they, they pretty much are going to keep inflation at the 2%, I'm not so sure that a 3 to 3.5% three year-over-year wage growth is, is out, of the, uh, uh, out of the picture or out of the question. I think right. that, that a lot of economists may say that's normal. Um, You know, so we'll see how that goes. So but the idea was this a good enough report that we can put our recession plan on hold. I don't know. Well, a recession still could happen and it probably will happen at some point. Well, a lot of people are thinking, Carrie, you can put that on hold because, you know, there's just not enough signs right now, you know, that are that are leading any, you know, serious uh, case that a U.S. recession is in the next, you know, 12 to 18 months. Um, so, you know, and that has been kind of the case. Remember, it's been right. as time goes by and, and maybe it's different this time. Right. Maybe the Fed is. I think everything's different right now. It sure <laughs> seems like everything's different in this world. But the question is, will we ever have another recession? And that's right. what we sometimes talk about our plan. Our, right. Even those tax returns, as people see, we talked about last week, are very different and not better. We mean the... Co- we talked about the actual the federal, yeah. Oh, what a joke. I just want to know how much did we spend taxpayer oh, dollars? Oh, see, that could help to, with the budget. It's like nobody's talking about this growing We could have deficit. a wall built with the... Absolutely. Um, yeah, I'm not really... I'm not a, I'm not a big fan of the new and some of the tax preparers i've forms. talked to you are not either because and when we get copies of our clients tax returns because that's a piece of the planning or coordinating we end up having more pages than the old format even though it's the same thing sitting the return because one page summarized it, and it's harder to reconcile all right so let's talk about the secure act okay um, now again remember this has been a long time coming right Remember, um, we had the RISA Act. We mentioned that. We talked a lot about that last year. Remember, last year was the 40th anniversary of the 401k. Right. And a lot of people thought it needed, uh, you know. Uh, Revamped, revised, whatever. updated. Yeah. And because it, after a couple generations, they figured it just completely failed the baby boomers retirement. Okay. All right. Um, and, and so part of that was, you know, could you get bipartisan support to get something through to the president's desk for signing? 
So last year we had the, what we called the RESA Act, right, which was the Retirement Enhancement Savings Act. Um, and then remember, remember then President Trump, he came, he he issued an executive order, right? This is last August. Mm-hmm. And he was saying, and he was, you know, his executive order wanted, you know, a retirement security, you know, in, in America. Right. And he wanted, you know, people to, he wanted the Congress to work on something, okay. come up with something that I can sign. Okay. That everyone's agreement with. So he, you know, he kind of lit the fire, too, right? And said, mm-hmm. you know, here's my executive order. Go get something done. Stop talking about it. Right. All right. Um, you know, then. Well, that's what I'd like to say all of Congress about lots of issues. Right. Um, then we also had something along the way that was called the Strengthening Financial Security Through Short-Term Savings Accounts Act mm-hmm. of 2018. Now, that was a bipartisan Senate bill as well. So you had these. All these uh, potential bills bouncing around. The House was working on their version. The, the Senate, Senate was working on their version. And, and maybe this, I think that we may get something done. Right. But I don't think it's going to be a all one size fits all easy solution. It's uh, not going to be the magic bill. But, you know, I played the beginning. Right. Right. I, I was playing that clip. Um, and, you know, that was um, that was Jason Zwig. He he was the um, he writes a, a a piece called um, what is it? What is it called, Carrie? The smart investors. Where is it? I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm thinking about something else right now. But anyways, uh, the the intelligent investor. I think that's what he calls it. It's it's a Wall Street Journal, you know, ongoing article. Pretty smart guy, Jason. Mm-hmm. Right. And you heard him, and that was taped a while ago. But it was, you know, it, it was, it was kind of gave you a, a a backdrop of what they were thinking. And, he, and you notice how he mentioned that, you know, in retrospect, now people are saying that, hey, maybe those defined pension uh, pension benefit plans weren't such a bad thing. Okay. You know, because retirees got guaranteed income for the rest of their lives. Something they could work, you know, work with. Right. Whereas the 401ks kind of got rid of that concept and, you know, was basically, you you know, what the options that the the private companies gave to their employees was you invest in the stock market. Right. Which you could means there's a potential for loss. You think? Yeah. Um, now, or on the or you, they would maybe throw. So maybe they throw you twenty uh, twenty five stock options, um, in, you know, in various mutual funds because you can't buy stocks in a form. Okay, you mutual funds, you know, whether it be large cap, small cap, mid cap, international, you know, whatever. But, and oh, and then they then they maybe give you five bond options, or maybe a fixed option, you okay. know. But there wasn't a whole lot of fixed options, more equity options, or you could buy a balance, or you could buy a target date fund and all these other things. But the idea was there was a lot of risk. Right. Not only was there stock market risk in the, in the last decade, but there was also interest rate risk because we went to 45-year uh, low interest rates. Okay. So um, after that, people say, well, gee, that didn't work. Right. And by the way, nobody, nobody put any money into them anyway. See, that was the problem with the baby boomers. They didn't, you know, they didn't fund them. Right. So now they're saying if we're going to revamp the 401k and we got to save the baby boomers retirement and the future generations retirement, we got to change that. And it's interesting that when they started interested in introducing the idea that they're going to make the companies, you know, in the 401ks provide annuity options. Right. Because they're not right now. 
And you say, well, why? And yet now there's a lot of talk about fixed index annuities with guaranteed income riders, right, Gary? Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of people saying that's the only way you need to go. Right. I mean, this isn't going to make my buddy Ken Fisher happy. Right. You right. know, you know, if you don't know Ken Fisher, you know, he's the guy that made his stock business by, you know, his advertisement that said, I hate annuities and you should too. As a matter of fact, every every stock guy out there usually says they hate annuities. I wonder why. But, you know, they're going to have a little of a, of, a, of a issue here because they've been telling everybody all along, don't buy annuities. They're no good. But now annuities are supposed to be mandatory in 401ks mm. or what's being proposed. Isn't that going to be a dilemma? Well, and I think the difference is what we do at the estate. Plan. There's no good or bad product. It's we never think anybody should put everything in one concept or strategy. It's not an all or nothing. Usually it's how much over what time frame, what's your plan, you know, looking at diversification of types of assets. So what are some other things in this secure act? Um, all right. Well, I, I'm not going to read the whole bill and it's not, and you can't change your plans yet. This is not a done deal. This is just a proposal. Right. But it's going to, I think it will happen. Okay. I think there's enough. But they're still going to take time. But, I mean, the final version, I don't know what it's going to look like. So you have the House version. You've got the Senate version. They've got to, you know, somewhat, you know, iron out the differences, uh, put some feelers out there, and eventually I think something is going to happen. Okay. Um, The SECURE Act would give families access to their own retirement accounts to support parental leave for the birth or adoption of a new child. That's all, that's, I'm okay with that. See, see, the idea is one of the one of the kicks to the 401ks or the tax qualified plans is that it's hard to spend any of it before 59 and a half, right, Gary? Mm-hmm. So that prevents a lot of people from contributing anything. Okay. Okay. So what they're talking about, you you heard Jason talking about, about in the clip saying that you need some way that if you're putting money away with good intentions for your retirement, but you got an emergency, you got to have a way to get to it without a 10% penalty. Right. More than what's available today. Right, because he talked about the short-term right. kind of a savings versus the long-term and being able to separate that right out, um, which I think people may be hesitant saying, what if I need it, then I'm going to take a 10% cut on top of the, or penalty on top of the taxes I'm going to have to pay on that money later on. There's going to be um, more leeway to use the college 529 plans. Remember the tax well, cuts they did and job change, act. Make some changes right. to that. Remember that a lot. That offers some changes. You could use up to ten thousand a year on pre-college. Right. That was in last year's tax law. Well, they're expanding that again. I mean, if this mm-hmm. in in this bill, right? Um, what are they saying here? Okay, these reforms help parents and students pay for education options outside the traditional school system. So even more access to the 529, um, homeschooling, apprenticeships, and the ability to pay student loans. Now that's new. That's nice, right? Because we get that question all the time. Right. Can I, you know, use the five, you know, I want to fund a 529 for my child or grandchild. Right. But, or, you know, can I use that to pay off their student loans? Mm-hmm. So that would be a big thing. So I'm okay. Um, let's see what else is going on here. They want to um, mess around with the 70 and a half rule, Carrie. Ooh, that'd be big. Okay. I want them to make it a whole number. None um, of this half. They're listening to you, Carrie. <laughs> I would hope so. It would also increase the age at which owners of tax-deferred retirement accounts are required to start taking withdrawals from those accounts to 72. All right. But it also makes sense with longevity, people living longer. Okay. 
Um, now the thing, okay, but is that really? I mean, a year and a half is this eighteen months (laughs) really going to save the baby boomers' retirement dilemma? No, I think it's a start, and maybe they need to. I mean, right now, you know, the Employee (laughs) Benefits Research Institute says that seven, a a whole seventeen percent of workers are very confident in their ability to live comfortably in retirement. So I really don't know. How excited right. you're going to get if they raise it 18 months right. that you think that's all magically going to save your retirement. Well, and then part of planning is maybe you don't want to wait to 70 and a half to do the distributions. And that's one of our classes we have on April 23rd, by the way. If you're someone who does have the IRAs, company plans, or similar assets, we're going to talk about rules costly mistakes and why many people who own these assets unnecessarily overpay in taxes, how the tax law changes impact. We'll talk about the good and bad strategies to minimize the long-term tax impact. We're also going to show you an example. Um, Many people don't realize the long-term impact of minimum required distribution. And in many cases, it's not the strategy that's in your best interest. And we'll actually show you how much in an example case. And if you come in for the free consultation, we'll use your numbers and show you how much you get to spend over your lifetime, which is based on the government tables, life expectancy, how much the government gets and how much is left. And I think that's a huge eye opener. And typically, sometimes people don't, you know, either there's opportunities, even if they don't spend it to do withdrawals early on. Um, we had a case of a one of our widow clients came in and it's before 70 and a half. And she actually was able to because it was in that window of opportunity, she's 69 on the 2018 tax return. She paid zero taxes and took about 20000 from the IRA. So there's huge opportunities that maybe you don't want to wait to that. Um, so if you want to take advantage and come out or for the free consultation, or if you want to come out to the April 23rd class in Middleburg Heights at 10 a.m., it'll even include Roth contributions versus conversion rules and techniques. Um, or on May 7th, we have the class for people in retirement or approaching retirement, talking about how to plan for when you can retire or how to plan for the retirement lifestyle you want. Addressing issues like rising healthcare costs, inflation, opportunities in the complicated tax code, as well as traps, market volatility, and retirement rules you often hear about that you may consider breaking. Right. And you can call 440 239 2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com. That's 440 239 2090. All right. So, you know, what are some other things in the SECURE Act? Okay. The bill attempts to increase workers' access to 401k by requiring employers who have retirement plans to offer them to all employees, including part-time workers. Okay. So a lot of times part-time workers can't, you know, don't have access to the company plan, the company's 401k. Um, But again, see, Carrie, my point is I don't know how much can a part-time worker contribute to a retirement plan. I would think maybe a part-time worker in reality may need the wages. Not um, all of them, but I would think a good portion. You know, um, and it'll also allow smaller businesses to um, band together to reduce the... Um, the administrative costs of a 401k. Yeah, so, you know, in multi-employer plans. Act. Yeah, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, I, I don't have a problem with that. Um. You know, and kind of go from there. Um, mm, nothing about health care costs in there, I'm sure. No, I'm not saying, um, <laughs> I think that that's an issue but, they need you know, to revisit. So, so the idea is, you know, 
See, the, the, the thing is, what, what I think middle class Americans want for the government care is not so much more ways that they have an opportunity to save mm-hmm. for retirement. I think what they really want is the government to pay for their retirement. And yeah, I, and I, I would say there's a portion of people. And I think that's what I'm concerned about, the Democratic Socialists, you know, putting that out there to voters. That's a problem. Okay. Um, I mean, don't we have plenty of ways to save for retirement? I mean, we've got IRAs, we've got 401ks, 403bs, 457s, uh, we've got Kios, we've got Simples, we've got SEPs, we've got Roth IRAs, we have college 529 plans, we've got health savings accounts. Aren't there enough ways to save for retirement if you really had the discipline to do it? Yeah, or had the income. Um, What I think what, you know, certain amount of Americans want, they want, you know, they want, you know, free college. Okay, who's going to pay for that? Okay, I think they want Medicare for all. And, and, and you know, mm-hmm. by the way, for those of you who want Medicare for all, Medicare isn't free. You know, okay, remember we, right. 15, 20 years ago, we started realizing that as the younger people started coming to see us, they were, had this idea that Medicare was free. Right. It's, no. It's not exactly free. No. And if you don't, if you don't know what, what we're saying by that, come to one of our classes. All right. And, you, and we'll show you the numbers. Right. Um, so careful what you ask for, right? Um, and, you know, as far as raising the... And they also said that they may lift the restriction that says right now that you can no longer contribute to an IRA if you're over the age 70 and a half. Okay. Like, there's no restriction for Roth IRA contributions. Mm-hmm. Now, that sounds, oh, great, right? But how many of you out there are planning on working beyond age 70 and a half? Not a huge percentage. Now, you may be that may be your only solution saying, Mark, the only way I'm going to I'm never, you know, I'm never going to be able to retire. But don't give yourself a false sense of security Mm -hmm. that says that, you know, that you you're just going to assume that you will always have a job at your current wage as long as you need it. Meaning that you'll that health will never make you retire earlier than Mm -hmm. plan or that your company will not will always be in business. Or that you'll always be the, 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 the be able to stay up with the technology increases, so their company doesn't want to kind of show you the door while they hire a, a young college kid who knows how to run the, the latest robots. Right. Because because you're not really inclined to learn that. Go back to school at seventy. Or they can hire somebody younger and pay them a lot less. All right. Um, you know. So you know. And by the way, if you were if if uh, you know if you were really you know wanted to. I mean, the whole idea about putting off the required minimum distributions, I'm not sure how that fits into you about having your golden retirement years. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I'm i getting a little confused here. Right. Um, now, by the way, the government's already given you something like that. They're called QLACs, Qualified Longevity Annuity Contracts. Okay. They're out there already. Right. You can, you can put, you know, what, you know, a certain percentage or up to 125000 of your IRA. You could, put, you could buy a QLAC and, and, and not turn that income on till 85. So, I mean, I, again, I, I don't know how this SECURE Act is going to give all of a sudden solve all the baby boomers' retirement dilemma. Right, because you're just giving more tools, and there's already quite a few tools in the toolbox. Um, and then the other thing that what I was kind of confused on is when the government said um, to help pay for these changes, the legislation would require many people who inherit tax advantage retirement accounts to withdraw the money within a decade and pay income taxes. 
Well, you didn't hear about that one? No. So first of all, if if, if the government's just going to say that the companies have to, you know, provide 401ks and that they're going to lift the required minimum 18 months and, you know, the and the companies are going to, you know, uh, have to provide annuities, you know, they're going to have to work with the life insurance companies. I, I, Carrie, tell me why does the government, why does that cost the government a lot more money? I don't know. That doesn't make sense. But apparently it does. Maybe to watchdog this? I don't know. Maybe. So they're taking the stretch IRA. Oh, right. Hmm. You didn't hear about that. Going to create more taxes, maybe? Um, you know, so what they're saying is that right now, of course, a stretch IRA says if you're a non-spouse beneficiary of a tax-qualified plan, again, we, we got to put parameters, you know, asterisks around that. It depends if it's annuity could be different, but generally like an IRA that you have the opportunity of taking a requirement distribution over your remaining lifetime. Remember, the non-spouse beneficiary can't, you know, make it their own IRA. Right. They can't defer it till they're, you know, 70 and a half. Um, but what, the year, within a year after the owner's death, the non-spouse beneficiary has to begin at least an RMD. But it's based on their single life expectancy table, which still could be 25, 30, 40 years, depending on how old they are right. when they inherit it, which means it wouldn't be a big, big distrib- required minimum distribution. If you limit it to 10 years, depending on the value of that account, that could be a huge tax hit. You think? So Absolutely. is this just a tax grab by the government? And a, and a pretty way and a pretty you know, we've We've talked about on this <laughs> show for years that, um, you know, the situation, you know, sometimes we have grandma, you know, who's in a, um, you know, zero tax bracket and she's still only doing her required minimum distribution. And yet Johnny, you know, who is, you know, her, her uh, sole beneficiary is in a top tax bracket. You think maybe the government's waiting for Johnny to take the money out. Mm-hmm. So now the government's just saying, hey, we're not, you don't have to take it out at 70 and a half. You can wait till 72. But now they're also saying, but when Johnny inherits the balance, he's only got 10 years to get it out. Right. Hmm. Isn't that hmm. interesting? That is. Well, if you want help with these issues, um, remember the estate planning team has been helping people for more than 34 years in the greater Cleveland area. We're not investment advisors. We help people take the steps necessary to retire at their desired retirement date and really know what is it going to take to fund the retirement lifestyle you want and taking, you know, making sure that you're using the opportunities that exist and making choices so that you get the most net benefit and understanding financial disruptors that you can face and how they may impact the longevity of your plan um, and not just allowing things to be passive. And in many cases, that creates more tax dollars for the government and less net income or net spendable dollars to you. And we offer the free no obligation consultation so you can see our process and how we're different. And we do have the planning classes as well, which are general Um, planning strategies and concepts. We have April 23rd, remember at 10 a.m. in Middleburg Heights. It's our IRA and Roth planning class. And if you're If you have IRAs, company plans, or similar assets, we're going to talk about the good and bad with these assets, strategies to minimize the overall tax impact both during your lifetime and to your heirs, talk about the minimum required distribution tax trap, costly mistakes, misconceptions, and rules when it comes to these assets, as well as Roth contributions versus 
Roth conversion rules and techniques, as well as tax law changes in their great handouts. May 7th at 6 o'clock in Independence is our class for retirees and people who are, are thinking about and getting closer to their future retirement, talking about steps and strategies in preparing for retirement. Retirement rules you often hear about that you may consider breaking. Concerns about rising health care costs, inflation, market volatility, and much more. And what are factors to consider on what you can spend and how to put together price tags and, and timeframes in defining your retirement lifestyle. And to register or f- to schedule a free consultation or for questions, you can call 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com. All right. Um, so real estate, April mm-hmm. home buying. So happening here. So let's kind of look at the economics of things. It's, it's, it's been kind of been, again, this year, it's kind of been that seesaw, you know, where January we saw, you know, new U.S. home sales fall. But remember, January was a weird, everything weird was yeah. happening in January, February. And then February, it bounced right back, you mm-hmm. know, pretty strong, right? So let's talk about, well, how about, how are we doing across Ohio? Okay. So this was an article and Plain dealer in February, Ohio, February. Home prices continue to climb across the state and much of the country in February. Okay. In Ohio, the average sale price of a new and existing home is of 184480 representing a whopping 10.5% increase from February of 2018. Okay. Nationally, uh, last month marked the, uh, well, February marked the 84th consecutive month of year-over-year gain. So things are, you know, looking pretty good, right? Sales were up. Um, in Ohio, home sales rose 2.7% from a year ago. Okay. Um, realtors are upbeat on the market as we approach the start of the spring home buying season, right? Um, nationally, seasonally adjusted February sales rebounded strongly. Okay. Um, a powerful combination of low mortgage rates and the rates have gotten low. Remember when, right. when the Fed reversed course? Rates are going longer. As a matter of fact, they're saying right now there's probably 5 million Americans who have the opportunity of refinancing right now right. because rates have dropped. You know, could, you know, can you? Mm-hmm. Maybe you ought to be looking at that, right? I never have a problem refinancing if you're getting a lower rate. Right. All right. Um, a powerful combination of lower mortgage rates, more inventory, rising income, and higher consumer confidence is driving the sales rebound. Okay, the median price for existing homes in U.S. was up 3.6% to 249500 from a year before. Okay. Um, and a sign of continuing demand, 41% of homes that sold in the U.S. in February were on the market for less than a month, Carrie. I believe it. That's what okay. I said. In the last even, I know this is February, but in March, I think houses like the sign went up two, three weeks. Bam. Sold. In the Midwest, existing home sales climbed 9.5% from January and were basically unchanged from February of 2018. The medium home price in, in this region was about 188000 you know, up 5.4% from the same month the prior year. Okay. Um, so things look economically, things look pretty good, right? So when is the best time to buy? Very well. It's interesting. Depending on how you look at it, you know, some people say earlier in the year, the better meaning actually even December or January and February, okay? Because they, they say on average the cost is about 8.4% less than if you go shopping in July and August, 
Okay. But um, when, you know, other things that factor into that is when interest rates are low, that may be a good time to buy if you're going to finance it. Right. Um, So, again, as we said, you know, the average 30 year rate is down to four point oh six percent. That's the lowest in more than a year. Okay. Um, Also, you know, it's a good time to buy when inventories are up. And, and, you know, that's, you know, and, and that's what that article was saying, that inventories are up. You know, remember there was a shortage of homes for sale. Right. Okay. Um, but now they're saying that's a common kind of coming back. Um, so even though maybe you may be able to get a deal in the winter, because a lot of times they say, Carrie, if someone's selling a home in December, that's not because they want to. Right. It's because they have to. Or maybe they want to see, because also I've heard because low inventory, it's not always a bad strategy right. to try. Right. Um so the data shows that the highest months for inventories is May, okay, followed by April and then June, okay, um, and then you just got to kind of look at the overall economy. And if things are good, you know, um, you know, if you have good uh, indicator of, of of housing starts and low unemployment, okay, you know, that may be saying when you want to buy. But they also, you know, the pros also carry warn you to don't, you know, don't trust love at first sight. Right. Okay. So they'll warn you not to buy on emotion. But that's hard. Like every house I've ever bought, even though like you walk in and it's a feeling. Like, does this feel like I. Well, there's certainly a feeling, but you got to still do your homework. Oh, absolutely. You need to have your inspections. Okay. You you didn't pass your college exams, you know, by uh, just feeling it. Oh, absolutely. But I'm just saying. Oh. Okay. Um. So, you know, it, it, it's, you know, it's, it's a kind of the idea that, um, you know, you got to kind of, you know, get the, get the professional inspector. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Um, you know, especially if you, you know, kind of see the seller's ads that says kind of like as is, mm-hmm. sell as is, you know, you know that, that, that type of thing. Um, and the other thing too is, you, you know, you don't want to, you know, buy on emotions immediately and then later kind of kind of have regrets. Right. Okay. Well, that's what I'm saying. I think it's like picking gonna, a yeah. house, but yeah, not getting it. Like to me, I thought always thought part of buying a house, you like you would never get a house without an inspection, no matter how much you love it. Okay. Um, you know, because, you know, if you if you have second thoughts or regrets, you're going to lose your earnest money. It's right. It's be out the window, right? Um, they say don't blow off your final walkthrough. Okay. No. Um, that's where, you know, a few hours or maybe a day before the closing, you have the option of taking one last walkthrough, right? Mm-hmm. I've always and, done that. And usually, you know, that's now everything's cleared out. So you have a better idea. You know, it's right. easier to kind of look around, right? And see the problems. You know, and they say, go through the motions, you know, go go switch the lights on and off. Check mm-hmm. appliances. Check, check the windows. Check the electrical outlets. Um you know, especially depending how long previously that inspection was. Right. Because things can go back, right. can go bad in a hurry. Or like for me, if they had things we found in the inspection they had to fix, you want to make sure, is it really done correctly? Right. Um, and so, you Check know, your faucet, the plumbing, flush right, so, toilets. Right. <laughs> I mean, that's. Kara, I'm going to hire you yeah, next time. Yeah. <laughs> um, because once you close, you know, you're, you're <laughs> you, not yours. the seller, is responsible for anything that's going wrong, right? Um, so they also say, you know, kind of make yourself a buyer's cheat sheet. Okay. A list of all the things you need in a house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then you may want to go ahead and list all the things you want in the right. house. Right. And then go ahead and prioritize that list. Right. All right. Um, you know, because, it, you know, um, you know, as you as a 
right. freaking about. You don't always get everything you want in a house. No, and I don't think you, you know, there's certain things you also have to realize you can change. The carpet, the paint. Do you like the layout? Do you like the area? Right. Um, so let's see. What other some I would say a big thing would mistakes. be, I would guess, is negotiate. Don't just give them the ask. Carrie, well, you're I... right on. Fail to negotiate the sales price oh, is a so yeah, big, a okay. big But you got to be, you got to play this carefully. Right? You know, you're looking for the Goldilocks decision, right? You know, um, and, uh, you know, and, and they say a lot of times first time home buyers often worry about insulting the seller mm. by offering too low, right? Right. And they also warn about that. Don't insult the seller. Right. Because, you know, you, you may be done. Um but they also say, but most sellers are prepared to come down off the price. Right. All right. But, but the if, thing of it, our internet age today, Mark, you can look at, or your real estate agent, if you're work or on your own, you can get comps. Well, that's easily. what that's what they mean. That's what I mean. Saying you know what you're looking for, that Goldilocks solution is you got to offer what you think is fair to both you and the owner. Right. But I'm just saying now we have the internet with full of information that you could get a fair off and reasonable offer under their asking yeah. price. And they say don't nickel and dime it. Don't don't haggle. You know don't you know make anchor. Oh, you know I'm going to come up. My second offer is coming up a hundred dollars more than my first. Oh, offer. that's no. Right. But I, but um, don't be afraid to go back and forth either at the right. same time. Um, yeah, find that go to lock solution, Gary. Not mm-hmm. not too much haggling, but enough. Right. Um, and you know, and and other ways, you know, you frustrate the seller is, you know, and again, by the way, if you go to that open house and you learn that there's three other contracts that night mm-hmm. on the first day of the open house, well, that's a whole different ball game. Right. Where some people, I mean, we've heard of circumstances in the last year. Where some of our clients actually got above asking price because they had so many offers at the same time, so right. it goes the other way. Um, now, um, and you know, and, and other things. Um, now, w- when you when you say you know, don't fall in love right away and make a quick decision or, or a quick offer, right? Mm-hmm. Here, that's come up in our past, right? I mean, I remember one case we had a client, and this is how we help clients. You know, the, she was going to be you know, retiring. She was single, mm-hmm. um, no children. Okay. Not a lot of ties to Cleveland. Right. And pretty much had it with the Cleveland winners. Okay. So she came, well, part of her planning process, you know, retirement, not only knowing that she was going to be okay in retirement, she wanted to go ahead and say, hey, do you think I could afford to buy the retirement slash vacation home in Florida? Right. Because before coming to us, she never thought she could do that. Right. It wasn't, she wasn't sure it was possible. Right. Um, and because it was going to be a little bit of upgrade than her current home. Right. So, um, so she wasn't sure because she wanted, she had other hobbies and other things too. She didn't want to be strapped by buying too much of the Florida vacation. And not be home. able to have the expenses to do the things she wanted to do. Right. Um, and so we worked the plan and lo and behold, on paper, what did we show her? You can afford it. And this okay. is, you know, you can afford this. Right. Can we give her a number of a range? Yeah. Because didn't sure. she... Hop on a plane to Florida. Yeah, well, this is the story. The so, but one of the things, or one of the recommendations <laughs> was, you know, why don't you, you know, spend some travel, you know, vacation right. down in these places? Because these retirement communities down in Florida or Arizona or other places, you can buy weekend packages. Right. You know, that you can go and stay for a very, you know, low amount 
and enjoy the place and see if you like the vibe of it. And the community and the uh, the offerings. And, and how the, how the you know, getting to and from the airport and all that good stuff. Um, and so we recommend you do that. Mm-hmm. Spend a little vacation time visiting these places. So she said, okay, I'm going to do that. So and, and we said also, we said, you know, just go down and look your first time down. Right. Okay. So she hops on a plane, goes to one of these places. Very quickly, by the way. I think it was within 24 hours she was down there, or at least 48 yeah, hours. Yeah, it was like she, she met was, with us a weekday that weekend. She was in Florida. And and 48 hours after that, she's calling us on our 800 number saying, I'm ready to put the contract on. Right. We're like, whoa. And we're like, well, like what? <laughs> <laughs> it's like She whoa. was excited about the possibilities. Yeah. And, and we said, well, hold on. Right. It, you know, how many places have you looked at? And, and One. And, and we're like, hmm. Uh, maybe you don't want to, you know, make the offer on the first one you've looked at. Right. At least look at a few. And she's like, really? So she listened. Okay. And she then visited some of the other retirement communities. Mm-hmm. And what happened, Carrie? She found something else she liked better. And boy, was she happy that she didn't buy that first right. one. And, you know, and so and now she's lived there, loves it, Mm -hmm. um, made the made the move, Mm -hmm. you know, became the Florida resident. You know, so there's no any more Ohio income. She was doing the two home scenario for a while. while. Then she, you know, because that was part of the planning process. We built the expenses in that way because she didn't want to have to do it where she had to sell first. Right. And then buy. Right. And, and she then, kept her home up here for a couple of years yeah. and then thought, wow, I'm spending so much time in Florida. Right. Because she wasn't really sure if she was going to fall in love with Florida. Right. And not she, sure about, know. she was worried about the Florida summers. Right. Um, you know, and, and so, you know, that's kind of the idea. You know, in other words, you that's, you know, so if you're wondering how do I build in a new home scenario, into your financial plan, uh, you know, we can help you. We help that with clients all the time. Mm-hmm. And and it's and you have to go beyond just the purchase price. Oh yeah, it's the home maintenance, it's the property taxes, it's the do you need furniture? What do you need? It's it's the hey, yeah. you're going to need a new roof at some time, you know. Are you going into one of these communities where there's a homeowners uh po- uh, uh what I'm trying to say, association fee. fees. And guess what? Sometimes those go up. Do you have a what are they going to cover and what what are they not? Right. So all of that is part of knowing your number, you know, um, you know, for for, you know, for new home buyers, if you're going from renting to buying your first home, it's easier. Well, yeah, but my point is just don't assume that if your rent is fifteen hundred dollars a month, that that's the you know, as long as you can afford a mortgage for fifteen hundred dollars a month, you're even. No, because home ownership comes with costs. I mean, yeah. you're yeah, um, you know, you got to you know, beyond that. Um so how do you do that? So, you know, when we build a new home scenario into our clients' financial plans, you know, typically, especially, you know, we talk about those things. Well, let's let's build two schedules. You have your current home, okay, mm-hmm. and what are the expenses associated with that? And then your your second schedule is the new home that you're you know, where you're planning on buying. Right. With a plan date that you're gonna purchase, mm-hmm. you know, a plan purchase price. You know, and also, you know, what are the new real estate taxes going to be Mm -hmm. or those other expenses? Hey, it's not unusual that our clients spend some a little bit on new furniture and fixtures when they buy a new place. Mm -hmm. Sorry to break the bad news to you, dads. Mom might want some new furniture for the new place. Mm -hmm. Um, Or, you know, and and so the idea is like maybe we better add that to the budget. Right. 
Okay. Um, and so that so then you get to the point where you you're running these two schedules together, and especially if you're saying you don't want to limit yourself, that you have to sell first and then find a place to live while you buy and make the move, you know, and store your stuff. And right. so if you want the luxury that says I want to buy first. And then maybe take my time to move into that. Then when I empty out my old house, then I'll get that fixed up and ready for sale. You got to bridge those two plans together. Right. So you're going to be having a two home expense scenario going. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's what we build into the plan because we say, OK, how many years do we think the two can you afford to keep the two expenses going or not? Okay, and and then when you start dovetailing that into the rest of your plan, that's where you're getting the peace of mind Mm -hmm. that says, okay, I can afford to do this. And it's really going another step. We don't have time today is also how do I create the income I need to do these things or where the best place to take it most tax efficiently? Right. So, you know, those are some of the things that and, you know, we also can help you if you if it is a, a first home and you're not sure, you know, Come to, you know, come to our classes. Sometimes we talk about, you know, how much of your total income should be allowed, you know, for your housing. Right. You know, some experts say 30 percent of your gross monthly income. You know, others recommend 28. You know, okay. um, we could talk, you know, at our classes, we talk about our retirement class. We talk about the 50, 30, 20 rule mm-hmm. that says, you know, that first 50 percent of your gross earnings covers your housing and your daily living expenses. Mm-hmm. And then the 30 percent is your fun stuff. And then the 20 percent is savings. So, you know, those are others, other, you know, models out there. They say, hey, if I can now stay in one of those models, I'll be OK. All right. Call the estate planning team at 440 440- Two three nine twenty ninety, or visit financialfoodforthought.com. Tune in next week for more Financial Food for Thought. For more information about the show, for estate planning or upcoming seminars, call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090. Thanks for listening. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.